Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there, had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. A Road Not Taken by Robert Frost Greetings and salutations, everybody. As you can tell, we've been talking about this for a while. We've been wanting to do this for a good long time. It's Poetry Slam 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and I am your host, Dan Carmen. Wait, no, hi, hang on a second. <laughs> hey, wait a second, says Dan. How are we doing, guys? Pretty good. It's been a little while. I feel like I'm like out of practice here. It's, I, I, I know I missed the last one. We had fun with the 80s. I'm glad you did. I, I and, did listen and to we, it. And we did pay the ransom. Yeah, thank you. You guys come up with some really kind of obnoxious reasons for me, me not here. You can just say I went out to the wine trail on Cayuga. Well, we didn't know exactly where you were. I didn't find I out. I told you. No, I didn't find I didn't out until you? you got to my house that day. That I told you? Yeah. I thought I told you beforehand. I'm sorry. That's You me. said, I've got a couple things that, that um I might not be in around that weekend. Something's coming up. I'll let you know later. All right. And then two days later, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to be at podcasting. And that was it. Okay. So I'm just like, sorry, he's somewhere around New York State. I don't know. I'm going to say that the the dog and the cat took him. The whatever. cat? <laughs> well, yeah. It was Juno, the wonder dog, and Zoe, the, fe- oh, the fantastic feline. The fant- Where is Zoe? She's not nipping at my ankles for a change of pace. She was, Zach had her That's a little odd. bit. So, That's yeah, odd. I'm just like, I'm like, I didn't know where you were. <laughs> she went to run off with Zoe. That's where, or there. she went to run off with Juno. That's where she went. There it is. Oh, I like the picture of your game room now because you've got uh, Star Wars uh, curtains and Porg pillowcases. Just so like we're that. clear, Tiny is actually talking to Anne at the moment, and not to me. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. So it's we've got game we've room. got our usual suspects, but there's there's something that needs to be said here. This is very strange. Um, I've missed a couple of episodes over the years, and Tiny's missed a couple of episodes over the years. But this is the very very first time. That, that we're recording Billy, a podcast God, without a Billy. 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 We miss Billy, a Billy. We miss you. Billy. Our, Billy had our own to work. personal Kel Ripken Jr. has the streak has ended. Yeah. And Billy no. he had to work today because of you know circumstances. Right. He's been working at the Record Archive. And, Record and Archive is the place to go. Especially on a Sunday because you can go hang out with Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we miss you, Billy, and we're looking for. We're probably going to have to reschedule how we record. I'm thinking that because we'll have, we'll have that conversation later. Uh, but we, because I don't feel, I don't, I think that's what's throwing me off is I have been, I've been, un, I've been not, my vibe is not here because Billy is not here. We outnumber you. We do. That's, well, <laughs> t- typically you do. And I don't mind. Um, oh my God. I have this. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing a Billy at the moment. And I think it's throwing me off the most at this stage. So we, I, I have always told him I don't plan on doing this without him. And so we're doing it without him. I'm breaking that promise, but I never will do it again. I promise that. So don't make promises you can't keep. I'll try. I'm going to try my damnedest to keep that one. Okay. Because <laughs> because well, at the end, he, at this moment I should be looking at the end of the table going Billy Billy and he would say what who where where what huh? But instead Wait, the I legend Chrissy. Yeah. There's I have a Chrissy, a Chrissy Harding in the house today. Hi. Hello Chrissy Harding. Hi. And the inimitable, irascible, irrepressible, and irrational, irrational <laughs> Ann Liebick is on board <laughs> with us today. I really thought he was going towards me with that, so that's why I said irrational. But and my surly human sidekick, as always, my favorite surly? co-host. He, oh, yeah, you've been right. You flipped me off three times today so far. You've earned every single one of I them. I refuse to believe that. I can kind I disbelieve. of. I, I vouch for her on that one because <laughs> <laughs> I'm on this end of the table, so I can kind of see what you're doing that's to okay. her. And in the booth, the man with the plan, the man, the tech master himself. Our president and beloved fearless leader, Mr. Daniel Ignatius Carmen, the fourth. I don't know how to follow that one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the question is, is it working, the the tech working today? Because it wasn't working as well as you wanted it two weeks ago. I hear no hum. I think it's good right now. I'm not hearing any hums. This microphone I'm on isn't very good, but 
Um, I think you guys sound good, so. Yay! And oh. and we're actually able to record right into the computer and not a little device that we did last time. That is correct. Yay! Woo! And Chris got his Facebook account working for the live videos. I in the didn't last change week. anything to have it stop, and I didn't change anything to have it go back into play again. The magic of technology. It it's just so happened. weird. It's like for a while when I would get ready to do Nerd World News, um, and all the text was was printing in backwards. Yeah, that was weird. I couldn't get that at all, and <laughs> I didn't change anything, and suddenly it was working again. So, like, Facebook's are, messing are with you me sure lately. Your computer's not possessed. I was going to say, I think his house. Here's the be thing: is content. I didn't build this one. We do have a. Ghost this was an off-the-shelfer, and has been behaving itself pretty much nonstop workhorse for like three and a half years until recently. But it's only been bothering Facebook. I, I upgraded it from Windows Seven to Windows Ten. Did you reply to one of those Facebook messages? I never do. Never <laughs> do. Did you not forward it on and get cursed? Yeah, there you go. That's probably it. <laughs> to 20, uh, 25 people? You didn't copy and paste. <laughs> I didn't copy and paste. I didn't like so that Jesus would save this poor cripple kid in, in Nebraska. I didn't do any of that stuff. Maybe that was the issue. I didn't take any of those stupid, uh, you know, here's your personality quizzes. We did. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, 80s character would you be? I, I, so that the Russians are kind of protesting you then. Yes, the, the Russians are attacking me personally because I'm not, I'm not, You're not falling into their, their plan, their uh, evil you're plan. You're here first, people. So we're doing Poetry Slam 2 today. Woo. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I picked a couple of good ones, I think. I hope. I, I'm now in the process of researching a new poem. Well, you know, you had an option because I, I identified know. it but, just but before we started fine, recording. But that, that's like my uh, the the one that we led into is uh-huh. my ultimate favorite Robert Foss Robert 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 Foster. Yeah, Robert Frost poem, and mm-hmm. I'm not a now, huge your, poetry fan in general. Let me backtrack you real quick. Is it your favorite Robert Frost poem, or is it your favorite poem from when you were studying in school? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so both. Yes, okay. it, it's both. And um, in regards to being an English literature major, mm-hmm. I preferred plays in short stories and things like that over poetry. Oh, because, as did I, hands down. Uh, because it just, and I think sometimes I have a difficult time reading between the lines to truly figure out the the deep meaning or the theme or the central idea of the poem and just recently um, my son Tyler is taking a um, English literature class at MCC and so I'm helping him through the the literature piece to it and the very first section was poetry and um, the one poem that we read was my Papa's Waltz and I think it, I know that one and it Looking at the time frame, if we look at this particular poem from the perspective of 21st century, you think the kid was being abused. But truly, it was written in like the 1930s, 40s, that era. Mm -hmm. And it was a waltz, like they were waltzing around the kitchen, but it said it was a... (laughs) But it was like a romp. The the Uh word romp was in there. And I'm like, you don't necessarily assume... connotate the word romp with a waltz because a waltz is a one two three one two three like smooth flowing whereas a romp uh-huh. i picture like four four-year-olds tearing it full tilt through Romper the house room. Yeah. Room. so so um and it was just interesting and intriguing to watch all the discussion forums because tyler took all the words as their um denotation like the literal meaning of the word waltz romp scrape knuckle whatever Mm -hmm. but then we had to really look at the connotation what was the the word choice that they were doing and what did it really mean it was like Mm -hmm. dad coming home from work they're unwinding things like this this was their routine they would they would waltz and play and whatever through the kitchen and they must have been having such a good time that all the shelves and the pots and pans are rattling and of course mom's got the the frown on her face because everything's going to come down i mean i can visualize it but there were so many of his classmates that took the same meaning as Tyler did, that mm-hmm. the kid must have been abused, the whatever, because... We're also kid, sensitive to that in today's in, society. In today's we're society. more sensitive to that and, sort of a thing, and, so and that it's was easy like, for us to judge that way. And so that's like the one thing that you really have to look at for poetry, and I think that's why it's one piece that I don't like teaching poetry, mm-hmm. because... I just get caught up in like the literal meaning of the words instead of the the deeper meaning understanding going into it and mm-hmm. really looking at it with an open mind and not pulling in your own personal experience or whatever but you have to remember to read it in the um 
time frame that it was written in the historical thing and not necessarily mm. put our own opinions and stuff onto that piece of literature. I had a, um, a professor when I was at Brockport, when I was just finishing up my English major and getting ready to trans- transition over to political science to, to do the minor work and get all that squared away, uh, Dr. Locarno. And he was your typical, he looked like you peeled him right out of, out of um, a beat poet's you know, retirement home. He had the long, bushy gray beard. He always wore a flannel shirt, uh, and you know, and, and jeans. And he just he had this whole, like I was at Woodstock. No, I owned Woodstock. Kind of vibe to him, right? And I remember him telling me right off the bat. He said the the worst thing you can do with a poem is is analyze it at the beginning. Just don't think, feel it. If you can't feel the poem, read it again. If you can't feel it after the second time, put it down, go do something else. I won't tell you what that something else was because it was very laced with a lot of colorful metaphors, right? <laughs> and, and, his, and his explanation. And then come back and read it again. You know, it's, it's, poetry is, is art with words. It's that painting. It's that, uh, that Mona Lisa, that starry night. It's, but it's using words instead of colors and paints. Uh, that was the way it was always described to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to think about your writing, if you want, if you want your writing to think, then you got your short stories, you have your documentaries, you have your essays, you have your your novels, you have your your deep introspective autobiographies and biographies. Go go read that if you want to think. But if you want to feel, that's what the poem is to do. The poem is to evoke. Well, and I was always, um, when I worked at Spot Coffee, we actually Mm -hmm. had a guy who would come and he was a poet. His name was Lenny Green. And he would leave his poems all over the coffee shop. And we actually liked to, we would gather them up towards the end of the night and we started making a binder of his poetry. Oh, cool. And he always used to get upset with us. He's like, no, poetry is to be shared. It's to be found. And there was something that he said. He goes, poetry is our way of sharing who we are with the world. Mm-hmm. He goes, and it's also a way to teach us about the world and about each other. Because a poem to one person mm-hmm. is going to mean something totally different to a poem to another. Um, to take Robert Frost, you know, the path in the, on a snowy night mm-hmm. um, or snowy evening, you know, everyone reads that poem just a little bit differently, mm-hmm. you know. And he always used to tell us that poetry is always meant to be found you should never be forced that to read great. that's a great quote right there yeah I love poetry that. is always meant to be found you're not supposed to be forced to read poetry uh-huh. or be forced to write poetry you have to find it and you have to feel it you know and and it didn't really hit home with me until my dad died Aww. when um i read a poem at uh his funeral and it i just know i told him this uh, earlier the opening lines of it, my dad was a firefighter. Mm-hmm. He rode a big red truck. My okay. father was the fire commissioner right. in Runaquay. And I remember sitting up there reading it and looking out and realizing, I started crying because I realized that was my dad. My dad was always the firefighter to me. Mm-hmm. And it really spoke to me because the poem is about a child who writes about losing their father in a fire. Oh, wow. Now I didn't lose my dad in a fire. I lost him to a fight to cancer. Mm-hmm. But... It, you know, and at that point, it really hammered home to me. Poetry is found. Yeah. You find those poems when, yeah. when you're ready for them. That's cool. Well, poetry for me was um, a little different. Like, I didn't go to college for anything fun. I was a business major. I just, I got the business brain, the business mind. But in We still love Just you. as valuable. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? We, we definitely saved our butts a few times. Well, in high school, I That's was an art bitch. major. And there's nothing wrong with that. The only way I was going to graduate high school is if this English professor would pass me. Oh, yeah. And I did not want to read Romeo and Juliet for the fourth time. So he made an agreement with me that if I would read all the short stories presented by the freshmen and design page outlooks and draw graphics to go with the page outlooks for these poems. And when we printed it, which I had to also print, I could get a passing C. Mm hmm. No, I didn't. Come to find out, everything that I read into these poems were nothing what I actually would have thought. Um, Believe it or not, in 1996, a lot of stuff was about Tupac. Um, I did not realize this, but pretty much the entire book was about Tupac. (laughs) And I did not see Tupac in any of, of, of this 
poetry book that was printed and so all of mine was pretty messed up the art was flowery and cool and you know saggy pants and weird stuff and <laughs> it did not match so for when it pull, comes to pulling our um, poems apart mm-hmm. i never know what to think yeah so i just use my own thoughts on it and interpret it my way mm-hmm. then i go and look up how the Other writer people. meant it to be mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to compare it because I'm never the same. Well, that's but yeah. that's good though. I you know and and I think later on in the conversation I do want to talk about how music is poetry mm-hmm. in its own way. Um, and I do remember what there is a song and I can't think of. Is it Tupac? No, <laughs> there's lots of songs out there. Anna Nalik has a song "Breathe," and uh, and she I remember one of the lyric one of the, and I'm just thinking about it just now, so I, I didn't have a chance to write that lyric down. But hold on, I'll Google. Um, this these lyrics are my diary singing out loud and then, then like there's a follow-up line saying basically you're going to use it however you want to you know so that's kind of a, that's a take on it you know we we interpret we we feel differently we we see differently we think differently who was it by on Anna Nalik, n-a-l-i-c-k and it's breathe or 2 a.m it's a great little it's a great song i like how it comes up with anxiety first as you're Googling okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what's going to happen. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do our usual. We're going to drop something in there. And when we come back, we're going to start in earnest. We're going to recite some poems that we've picked out as some of our favorites. And we will begin in earnest uh, our, our poetry slam too. Coming at you like a spider monkey. Next. Ladies and gentlemen, this segment of Monkey Business brought to you by Carbon Industries and Laugh for a Second Publishing, entertaining you for the past 30 years. <laughs> Can't even hold it together. <laughs> Laugh for a second? What? Just a second? second? I would think you'd give them more than a second. <laughs> well, you know, the, that was an entirely, that was an in-joke that two people on the planet will understand. Oh, well, there's boy. probably six of us, though. Oh! I love how that's actually evolved over the years, too. <laughs> You hear the number six, people start screaming. That's awesome. Do you even know what the six is? <laughs> the six of, dudes. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of dude tape? You know I'm what? scared. Dan, you have <laughs> files I have all the that can tapes. be installed in podcasts. I do. Oh, no. This is something I'm I've been scared. working towards since we came here. I've, oh. I've been working so towards this moment. For three weeks. For three weeks. <laughs> since I knew we were going to be coming to this house, I knew. That oh, this was going to be a thing that had to happen. We have to we have to enlighten the entire world on the dude tape. So in Deanna's essence, rolling around right in, now, in going, essence, oh! <laughs> Dan, our friend Mark Huber, and I have been doing podcasting since we were seventeen, essentially. <laughs> oh no! In a way, yeah. In a way, and yes, in, in our own way. Um, now a lot of those old old fi- original files were on like cassette recorders, and so they're probably pretty mutated and could not actually be usable. No, they're all on the computer. I have them all. They're yep. all digital. Of That's course. amazing. Of course. Of course. They're all digitalized. <laughs> but one of these days, I think we really do need to just release Dude Tape 14 Part 1 and 2 as <laughs> podcast. 14. This is kind Why of 14. Because one, one for Hubie and four for the man. Yeah, <laughs> each each of the dudes each of the dudes had. Well, we are way off tangent right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes you are. You, you brought gonna get this to on. <laughs> this is me. This is on me, and I'm fine with it. Um, way back in the day, each of the dudes had their own number. Huber was one. I was number two. Our buddy Rudy, who now Jason is three. Dan was number four. Brian was five, and our buddy Steve was six. And so it, it just it kind of happened very organically that we started numbering these dude tapes after ourselves to kind of give you a hint of who was involved in it. So Dude Tape 20 was just all me. Dude Tape uh, 16 was was Mark and Steve. Dude Tape 14 was Dan and, uh, and Mark together. You know, so it, if there was a five involved, you knew Brian was in it somewhere along the line. 44 was me and me. Yes, 44 was hilarious. <laughs> Dan and I tried on several occasions. We had different ideas for Dude Tape 24, and it never quite launched. What about 42? Well, that one we stayed away from for all the obvious reasons. <laughs> you know. For the, for the diehard uh, Douglas Adams fans out there, we did that out of respect. Uh, there was one moment which kind of killed 24 when we lost y- Mr. McGuire's voice. Yes. And so we'll be doing podcasting where we talk about this more in depth. 
um, because this is this is a different type of poetry. <laughs> but, oh boy, were there limericks involved? No. <laughs> This will be Dan had to stop. Motion. Have you been Dan singing had to for think 30 years? About that, actually. Huh? Have you been singing for 30 years? I've been singing for probably for close to 50 at this point. <laughs> I came out singing, I think. Anyway. All right, so that's that's going to be another topic entirely, but today we're going to focus on poetry, and that was my <laughs> fault. I acknowledge it wholeheartedly. I wow. accept it, and I'm good with it. Moving on. You changed your octave of your voice, too. Yeah, there. He, was like, try, he was trying to get everyone's Second puberty. Attention. Anyway. <laughs> Second puberty. It was almost like Second. a teacher voice. Okay, third. Anyway. Um, third? I, I'm going to be immortal. I'm probably going to go back and forth over the cycles. You know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. All right, so... Let's go right to the top, <laughs> the other end of the table. Get this as far away from me as possible, and we will go to the lovely and talented Chrissy Harding. Hello. And Chrissy and Harding. Uh, Chrissy and Harding. Chrissy and Harding. Actually, my real name is Marie. Marie. It was almost Anne. It was almost Anne, so I missed it. Mine's Anne. Yours and was also Lynn at one point. Yes, it was Lynn. At I was See, I know trivia about Tanya that not not many others do. I was almost a Mackenzie, actually. I was supposed to come out a boy. Mackenzie is a cool name. And it was, they were going to name me Mackenzie after my grandfather. Uh-huh. And of course, then I came out a girl and I got named after the blonde on Three's Company. Gotcha. Although I know plenty of female Mackenzies. Well, the thing is, in the in the 80s or in the 70s or mm-hmm. late 70s, it wasn't considered a girl's name back then. Right. And my mom was not willing to start that fight with her side of the family. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so, talk right into Dan it. Dan was bit. telling you, get right up in that microphone. I'm getting right up into the microphone. Molest the microphone. There we go. So, <laughs> so what do you got for us, honey? So I actually have my grand... See, I don't write poetry. I, I write more short stories. Right. My grandfather, who I was supposed to be named after, actually did. So I brought some of his poems with oh, me. Oh, cool. Oh, that so, is awesome. So these are his poems that he wrote. And he actually had to write a lot because what he was going for his um, citizens... Um, test to become an American citizen, you actually had to do a writing portion of it. And he was from where originally? He was originally from Weymouth, England. Okay. So this is some of the stuff that he wrote as practice, and you're going to see a lot of what was his sense of humor, which eventually was my dad's sense of humor, which eventually became my sense of humor. So twisted properly. So yep. now I'm really scared. All right. And yes, your grandfather's name was? His full name was Claude Lawrence, known as Mackenzie Harding, because mm. apparently Mackenzie is a nickname for Claude. Interesting. I still can't figure that one out. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not there with you on that one. I'm sorry No, to I say. wasn't on that one with them either, okay. but that's what I was told. So Claude, in parentheses, Mackenzie Harding. Harding. All right. So the first one I'm going to read, it's called The Setup Man. Okay. And I'm sure in today's society, with all of us, with some of the jobs that we have, we right. will definitely feel this poem. And make sure you write in on that microphone when you talk. I will. When the work is slow and the scrap is high, everyone shouts for just one guy, The Setup Man. Machines break down and cutters snap. Who's called upon to take the rap? The setup man. When the quota can't be got, who gets hell and gets it hot? The setup man. But if the machines are running smooth and work is piling high, who walks around with chest swelled up and a proud look in his eye? The boss. About what time? How accurate is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. About when did he write these? Time he frame. Star- he started writing these about um, 1910 to 1935. How old is that notebook? This notebook is probably from when he left England in uh, 1905. Oh my God, that's just amazing. Looking, just looking at the handwriting in there, it's definitely back in the, the, old the, the old school 1910. 19- 10s, Look 20s, things amazing. like that. That is amazing. Chrissy, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. You got another one? Oh, I got a couple of them for me. Let, let's go let, rifle off another one, and then we're going to go to Anne real quick. Not a problem. So this one here is he wrote this to help him understand the states and the, the states and the state's capitals. Okay, good, because I don't even understand the states <laughs> and the state capitals. So, <laughs> you got to listen pretty closely because there's some wordplay in this one. Okay. I've wondered what made Wisconsin sin, and how much does Cleveland owe today? Why did Cal- Denver, Colorado... And who demoist I away? Once in Providence, I, Rhode Island, but Nantucket at the Hound, I listened for a little noise, but could not hear a Long Island sound. I was wheeling West Virginia as the autumn day wore on. I thought I had a Memphis 10, but I got a Hartford con. What made Chicago ill? Asked a Jackson Miss of Dr. Mann. I cannot tell, said a Baltimore MD, but perhaps Topeka can. That's clever. 
That's clever. So that was his way of kind of learning the, the like places. Topeka, Kansas, yeah. and, and Providence, Rhode yeah. Island, and things Baltimore, like that. Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, picking up all that. That is that is cool. Yeah, he also, I mean, the man freaking loves limericks. There's like pages and pages of limericks <laughs> he wrote. <laughs> I'm afraid out. of those. Well, there's oh, a newspaper clipping I saw. Yep, this is actually, because he actually, um, he grew irises. Uh-huh. Um, so all the different iris breeds in New York actually came out of our garden at 78 Russell Avenue. The whole back half of my backyard was nothing but irises, and he crossbred them and everything. He also was one of the people who started the Kodak Club. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, oh and in Kodak. He was an engraver for George Eastman himself. So, um, you know, this was stuff that my grandfather did that we found in all these old notebooks and stuff. Phenomenal. That's so phenomenal. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. No That's problem. amazing. All right, Annie Pants. The spotlight rotates. You know, the last person that called me, Annie, got their was nose. Was me. Oh, they got their nose broken. Yeah, well, my <laughs> nose is still intact, so. You know wow. what? I, I say it endearingly. So I brought this lovely plaque with me. Yes, Because this see was that. like the only... Um, the only poem that I remember from my childhood. Okay. Um, my mom had this hanging above my crib. And then as I got older, I learned to read with it by okay. like around age three. Oh, cool. And then uh, this went with me everywhere I went. It's moved with me every time I've moved. And it's always been either on my desk or in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Where is it hanging right now? It's on my desk at, normally in my office, in my okay. dining room. Gotcha. It's behind uh, the pictures of me and my mom. Gotcha. So, and what what pray tell is this? It's um, a poem by Wendy Lynn. It's called "How God Made Little Girls." Uh oh. Yeah, it's weird, but it's a speck of frills with a pinch of pink, a touch of lace, and a dainty wink. He mixed these with a love for dance and heaps of laughter, some beauty perhaps. He added oodles more of joy and grace, and then he put some dimples in just the right place. And as a final touch, he included a curl, and with that, he smiled for he created a girl. Aww. And it was just Aww. one of those things. It's one of those cute little sappy ones, but th- there's a lot of meaning behind the plaque mm-hmm. itself because you've had it for so long. Yes. And you've, it's, it's that one constant that you've had in your life. Yes. And um, like it's one of the first things that I read to my daughter. So mm-hmm. I'm one of three girls. Right. And then out of all my cousins, there are only two boys out of 18 of us. Okay. And um, my nephew was the only boy in the next generation. They're all girls. Oh, wow. So now my, my niece has three and two of them are boys. So they might finally start to outrun us. But <laughs> uh, girls are always very prevalent in our family. And I don't know. I guess we were we were never made to be girly. My mom was uh-huh. a tomboy and she always made us. We could do whatever we wanted. We could play football. We could play baseball. We could do whatever we wanted. And I have always been the girly one. Gotcha. So I don't know how. Maybe it was the poem, but. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry changed me. <laughs> If done right, it can. That's true. Well, you ready there, Tanya? Fabulous? Yeah, I did. Oh, you found one. I did find one, and well, it's it, not hard. There's no, like there's literally like millions of poems out there. Gajillions out there, and so um, I went back and um, decided to uh, read one of the ones that um, Tyler had to read for class, and it, okay. it's called um, Poetry, and it's by Marianne Moore. Um, she was around from 1887 to 1972. Uh, so Good for her, that's a nice run. Mm-hmm. I too dislike it. There are things that are beyond that are important beyond all this fiddle. Reading it, however, with a perfect contempt for it, one discovers that there is in it, after all, a place for the genuine. Hands that can grasp, eyes that can dilate, hair that can rise. If it must, these things are important not because a high-sounding interpretation can be put upon them, but because they are useful when they become so derivative as to become unintelligible. The same thing may be said for all of us, that we do not admire what we cannot understand. The bat holding on upside down or in quest of something to eat. Elephants pushing, a wild horse taking a roll, a tireless wolf under a tree. The immovable critic twinkling his skin like a horse that feels a flea. The baseball fan, the statistician, case after case could be cited, did one wish it. Nor is it valid to discriminate against business documents and school books. All these phenomena are important. One must make a distinction, however. When dragged into prominence by half-poets, the result is not poetry. Nor till the autocrats among us can be literalists of the imagination, above insolence and triviality, and can present, for inspection, imaginary gardens with real toads in them. Shall we have, shall we have it? In the mid- meantime, if you demand on the one hand, in defiance of their opinion, the raw material of poetry in all its rawness, and that which is on the other hand genuine, then you are interested in poetry. That's cool. 
And it, you know, it's nice because it's got this flow, and it shows you, you know, poetry. People automatically think everything has to rhyme. You know, you have to have, you know, the, the word that everything at the end of the sentence has to rhyme, and, and you know, you get away from that in this particular example. It just it's flowing. It's imagery. It's it's talking about mm-hmm. a feeling, talking about a sense of it. So I think that's uh, yeah, that's a great way to set and, it up. And it finds that people there's a lot of people that don't like poetry if because it doesn't rhyme it doesn't flow it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. but and and it's sometimes when it's jarring like that is when it's it's most powerful that going okay it, it's the the poetry that's the most heartfelt is when something that you can get some type of reaction emotion feeling mm-hmm. something you can visualize something that you can actually touch and it's tangible and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff and Reading this, I'm just like, as you said, we had to read it several, several, several times. Go back, do something else, come back, read it again, mm-hmm. and it it's just so powerful because it seems like this this author doesn't like poetry, but truly she is a poet and yeah. she does like it. And people yeah. don't necessarily like poetry unless it's real something something that's real. But well, it's my my first take is it dips more into the visceral uh you know i've been reading this particular poet since i was young mm-hmm. and, and i got a, an absolute charge when several years ago during a poetry section in school my daughter came home and said this guy is my favorite poet of all time she said it at the ripe old wise age of 10 but she knew she liked langston hughes well, how could you not like seriously langston? this he's a he's a he's a monster among the whole thing. He's just amazing. I mean, there's, there's a force of nature in the way he, he crafts his words. And and so, A, I wanted to bring that up because I, I've always enjoyed his poetry. B, did I say A or one? B or two. <laughs> I feel like David Tennant's doctor all of a sudden, getting getting that all out of the way. Um, but also, we just recently closed the book on 2020's uh, Black History Month. Uh-huh. So I felt yeah. it was... This was something that had we had to we had to bring in Langston Hughes mm-hmm. to, for this conversation. I would actually be very disappointed if not if someone did <clears throat> not bring up Langston. Seriously, Hughes. Seriously, and I it actually I picked three poems for today, and two of them are his. Beautiful. So we're going to start with what is commonly discussed, uh, arguably is his best, Harlem. Okay, and this Harlem by Langston Hughes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun, or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? And then you get the you get that rhyming vibe to it, that flow, that rhythm. But the imagery is like this this Mm -hmm. it just it's darker and darker and darker and then BAM it hits you at the end. Does it explode? Does it come out? Does it now Erupt. it's funny because like that because I I pulled it up right now it says does it dry up like a raisin in the sun and you just my reading, son my son Tyler has to read and watch the play a raisin in the sun yeah. and I just <laughs> I just got a couple text messages from him goes he's like um we could have read the transcript for raisin in the sun I'm like it's better to watch the movie because you see it. you're you're gonna you see it, it you're gonna hear it and that's the thing he goes yeah I plugged in the speakers and the volume's low and I'm like turn the switch up on the dial so I'm like but. It, yeah, you look at it. His, I saw a version of Raisin in the Sun that had James Earl Jones in it. The one that he's watching is the one with Sidney Poitier, which is just it, as amazing. It, it, it's I think the original one. Yeah, yeah, just as amazing. I mean, it's just an incredible story, and it was funny because when you mentioned it the other day, that's what made me think about it. Because I had picked a couple of poems, mm-hmm. and I was back and forth on a couple of them, and then when you said a Raisin in the Sun, I remembered Harlem, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I took a whole Harlem Renaissance class at um, Nazareth for my uh, master's. Mm-hmm. So it was all like Langston Hughes and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of poetry and stories got, and things like that. Got another quick one, a little little ditty one. It was it's not Langston Hughes. About Jack and Diane. No, it's just... <laughs> I actually got that one. <laughs> yeah. And then ditty. I'm gonna because I got I see Chrissy's got herself bookmarked already. <laughs> So I'm going to just fire this off. Now, I have a couple. I, I, I found a it's website weird. that had, it was the title was 10 of the Best Modern Poems. And it was a, an article that was published uh, about two years ago. And none of the poets actually signed their names. They're all initials and whatnot. Um, so this is this is a poem called The Naughtiest Thing and was written by T.M. All right, so if T.M. Tanya Metris. <laughs> I don't think this is you. Because, no? Tanya Metris? 
Yeah, you just you don't understand naughty. I just you know. <laughs> you have not been to the Saturday game <laughs> session. <laughs> I sent him a picture last night. Yeah. Oh, like, did you? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> now you need to come. But it's 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 cute because <laughs> it's it's cute and and it's it's it. it's an interesting take on 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 an outlook and it's all about perception. All right, so the naughtiest thing by TM, whoever you are, not Tanya Metris. Now, just you're going to get a kick out of this. This is a, this is giggle worthy here. We're already there. Oh goodness me! Well, I suppose. Gosh, do you know? I'm not quite sure. Nobody is ever perfectly behaved, are they? I mean, you know. I have to confess, when me and my friends used to run through the fields of wheat, the farmers were not too pleased about that. Now I, I let's I, wait, what? I, I, you you forget that I grew up in Avon. There were well, fields of wheat right around. You us. don't even so, know what happens in the fields. So yeah, I can tell you. Well, it just that's the thing is because not you hear the naughtiest thing, and here we are. We're at the Saturday game session, or we're in our Game of Thrones game session, and we're talking about you know, <laughs> the likely mounted, and yeah. oh, it's mashed potato time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> wooden spoons. Wooden spoons. You know, um, but uh, you know, to blush. have something so <laughs> essentially tame. But it's again, it's perspective. That's that's it. That is tame. It is. It is. It, you were not expecting that. As soon as I said the naughtiest thing, you guys, oh, here goes. Chris has got that one. Oh, here we go. But it's not. No. Right. Well, it's kind of like but the, it's, it's kind of like the clean song. Exactly. But it's also in regards to the time frame it was written. Right. Because my. Well, um, you don't know when that was written. I don't even know when that was written. No, but. My mom grew up on a farm mm-hmm. and in Canisius, so rural area. And that's why she thinks Henrietta is the city. It is. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But, I mean, their way of getting in trouble is they had field cars. Mm-hmm. And they would chase each other or whatever. And they were old, beat-up cars that they would drive through the fields and and go over uh, streams and things like that. And all she can tell us is... um sitting at the dinner table or at a holiday gathering or when uh, my grandfather passed away they were telling stories about how her and her brother Steve were in one car and her friend their friends were in another car and they got it stuck or something and all of a sudden they could see grandpa coming across the field in the long um strides cuz he was taller than you yeah. My grandfather was taller than you. so and That's that, saying something. That is saying something. He was like 6'7 or something. And Woo-hoo! So he could cover some ground he, he wanted to. He could cover some ground. And like my mom and my, my uncle like just took off like a shot type, <laughs> type thing. Because so if, if he got his hands on him, it was all over. Oh, it was the, 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 so, and that was, uh, that was um, mm-hmm. in the 50s, in the f- late 50s or early 60s. My yeah. mom graduated from high school in 65. Yeah. So, yeah. So... My grandfather's just striding across, or my grandmother would make them pull their own um, forsythia branch off the thing to be beat. And this <laughs> is why your mother thinks that East Avenue Wegmans is in the ghetto. <laughs> oh my God, what would she think of that tattoo shop I took you to? <laughs> <laughs> the one around the corner from my house? Yes, yes, we're not telling her where exactly it was. That's why we brought Sean. Yeah. It smelled amazing. I went and had a piece of pizza at the movie theater and popcorn. <laughs> Christy, hit me up munchies. with another one. So I'm actually going to, this one's a really short one, but it is another Langston Hughes poem. Okay, cool. And um, this one, actually, when I first heard it, 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 at the time that I heard it, I was in a very dark place. So this kind of was one of those, like, I'm not alone type thing. Awesome. The calm, cool face of the river asked me for a kiss. Love it. And it's, it's called The Suicide Note by Langston Hughes. Uh-huh. Now, on a happier note. That's funny, because I was going to um, pull that, up Lady Lazarus by Sylvia Plath. Uh-huh. And that's oh, another one that Tyler that I think, has yeah, and, and read. Here's and another, another one. Sylvia suicide Plath. One. Exactly. But on a, on a lighter note, I want to do an entire, I want to do Poetry Slam 3 where we do nothing but read Shel Silverstein. Yay! Because, Yay! Because, well, that's what, it, that, it reminded me, I mean, not so much the tenor and the feel of it. Did you give it. a mouse a cookie? But here's the thing is, is several of his poems were two, three, four lines, and that's it. Just a quick little observation of something. Yeah. Right? And so that's what inspired me to think about it. Because poetry does not have to be 20 to 30 pages. No. I mean, God, the shortest poem in the world is called uh, Fleas, and it goes, Adam had him. Nice. That is the shortest poem right that's, now in the world. That's hilarious. Um, and I remember when we did poetry in 10th grade, we had a one of um, Dr. Um, Dettinger or not Dr. Mr. Dettinger, he's literally like poetry does not have to be more. Th- all it has to be is two words. I, I and actually that's, poem. that's that's not t- it depends on it depends on how you set it up, because I was in a poetry class and 
the guy who sat, sat next to me, he was a philosophy major. His name was Lance or Lawrence or something. I can't remember anymore. But the title of his poem that he presented in class was My Reaction to Finding Out That My Girlfriend Had Betrayed Me. Ouch. Ooh. Ugh. And that was it. The, the entire poem was ouch. The title was longer than the poem. Exactly. Well, I think that was part of the point. I think that was the point of the whole poem. But, <laughs> you know, but reaction of betrayal. Yes. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wrote one that was called "The Cheer," and it was "Go Joe." Nice. At which point, like I said, Mr. Denter looked at me. Goes really. I'm like, come on, you gave me a challenge. We can write one for 2020. We can what? call it Karen. I want to see the manager. <laughs> Anything. You could do Karen. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I feel bad for everyone who was given the name Karen when they were born, with right. how it got turned into. Like, I feel so bad for those people. Because yes. all the Karens I know are nice. Yeah. I, well, most of the ones I know are nice. Yeah. You're not a Karen. Yes, but my uh, my secretary receptionist is. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, what do you got? What You had another one for me over there? Yep, I have. It's actually Shakespeare. Oh, here we go. It's so a sonnet? It's a sonnet. It's, nice. It's one of his sonnets, which I think completely accurately talks about all of us. Okay, so 100... Uh, yeah, I lost track. 64? Yeah, 164. Here's some iambic pentameter for you, baby. Two loves I have of comfort and despair, which like two spirits... Hang on. Damn you, phone. Do suggest me still. The better angel is a man, right and fair, and the worser spirit, a woman, colored ill. To win me soon to hell, my female evil, tempteth my better angel from my side, and would corrupt my sin to be a devil, wooing his purity with her foul pride. And whether that my angels be turned fiend, and suspect I may, yet not directly tell, but both being from me, both to each a friend, I would suggest one angel is another's hell. And yet this I ne'er know but live in doubt until my bad angel fires my good one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the joy I also of do have a I also do have a good poem to, to close out on too. Okay. So, when we get All there. Right. Do you got anything else, Ian? Or just the plaque? Just the plaque and my evilness. And you're, e- yeah, you're so evil. <laughs> she, she's thinking of a lot in her head. She, she'll be more when we do the comic issue. Mm-hmm. She'll be Ooh. back in for the. No, no, I have. Uh, this Should we start talking about that later on after, after the next break? Just talk talk a little bit about how that's on the horizon. Sure. sure. Okay, we're gonna oh. talk. Remind me of that. I just have this thing in my head going through it like a thousand miles an hour of something that happened to me this week, uh-huh. and um, it's not very poetic. It's it, no, it's awesomely poetic. Oh, cool. You a had lot a of very awesome friend help you with cookies. Yes, I did. She was amazing. <laughs> I still love the pictures okay. of the cookie delivery. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, just just some great things that happened, and it, it's all coming into my head all at once right now as we're all talking in like all these words, and it's it's it's. I see great things in for Rochester. <laughs> I'm excited. Yay! I'm I'm happy to hear that. That's awesome. I love upbeat. I love positive. Well, love it. It's very nice. Yeah, so I love the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow. What do you mean, African or European? I don't know. Ah! What's your favorite color? Blue. Rainbow. No. Purple. <laughs> yeah. Rainbow. 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 What is your quest? I, I, I just want to read this poem. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my name is a poem. It is. It is. Tell me a story about your your name being a poem. Okay, so I was supposed to be Anthony because my father's Anthony and I have 13 cousins and uncles all named Anthony and a grandpa named Anthony. But, you know, I was a girl. So at a family reunion, somebody would yell out Anthony and like 55 guys would be like, what? No, because they all yell, Tony, Skip, Skipper, Buddy. They all they'll have like nicknames. nicknames. Okay? Gotcha. It, it, it's kind of like the My Big Fat Creek Wedding type it's the, thing. It's, oh my God, the, it's an Italian family reunion. So Pretty I was Anne. I have a cousin who's Anne Marie. I have a uh-huh. sister who's Marie, and I have a grandmother who was Anne Marie and uh-huh. Anne. So it's all weird. So I got named Anne, but my name means graceful angel. My original name, and my mm-hmm. mom did that to be, you know, poetic because my name is Anne, which is graceful. Mm-hmm. And then my maiden name was D'Angelo, which is oh, angel. The angel. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's my only poem. That's lovely, though. <laughs> that is cool. That's a good poem. It's better than how I got mm-hmm. my name. It evokes, it evokes more positivity than ouch. Oh, I like ouch. fairy queen. Yes. My, my name, Tanya, is uh, from Tatiana, and it's Russian for fairy queen. She was the queen of the, the Seely Court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Don't F with me. <laughs> no, honey. That's the unseely Court. That's yeah, the one no, you don't screw with. Yeah, well, don't screw with this one either. Also, don't ever <laughs> willingly give your name to a fairy. <gasps> you tell them they what you are. They trap you in a jar. No, what they do is they control you. 
Oh, well, that's too late explains, for that. I know. Tanya controls me. Explains quite a bit. <laughs> All right, lay, lay some uh, lay some fat tracks on me over there, Miss Harding. Oh, you want me to do the closeout? Yeah, okay. do that. Well, here, I'll, let me do mine and let, let uh, do yours. I got some Langston Hughes going, you know, coming around the pipe here. Because um, mine's Walt Whitman. Okay, very cool. It's a song of myself. I like it. No, I don't have that one. Oh. All right, this is Mother to Son by Langston Hughes. Well, son, I'll tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor, bare. But all the time, I've been a climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you set down on steps because you finds it kind of hard. Don't you fall now for I still going, honey. I still climbing and life for me ain't been no crystal stair. And that one always sticks in my head because the first time I ever heard it, my mom uh, read it to me as part of her retirement speech when she stepped down from teaching. So I thought that was particularly. I could see your mom doing that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, meant, like that. So that, meant, that, that one always stuck with That's me. some great sentiment for lots of changing points in your life, especially yes. where you are. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And life ain't no crystal stair. You no, know, but no. you keep climbing anyway. And that's what we've been doing. Because it gets shinier at the top. Shiny. Shiny, shiny. shiny. We need to do a Firefly episode soon. Anyway. <laughs> that Educa- Education never ends, Watson. It is a series of lessons with the greatest one for last. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Holmes. I appreciate that. It's actually on my phone because that's one of my favorite quotes from the books. Nice. We got to get your fellas in soon. You do. There's, they really w- we actually had a really good uh, movie night oh, nice. where we actually saw the original play, uh, Sherlock Holmes play that was written back in the 1900s by uh-huh. William Gillette uh, and Doyle. Oh, cool. And it's the, originally when the play was written, they had said, um, Doyle said, you cannot make Sherlock Holmes fall in love with anyone. Mm-hmm. So then Gillette tried to write the play and he goes, um, by the way, you know how you told me that one rule? We might have to break that one rule. And at that point, Doyle had just bought a second house and had it paid off. He's like, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the first play where the, it's actually the first time uh-huh. that someone actually had Sherlock Holmes fall in love with a female character. What's the play? It's called Sherlock Holmes, the William Gillette play. That's great. Yeah, and it's they made a silent movie version of it with William Gillette in the original cast mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. So they would be doing the the play at night and then they were filming the movie during the day around Chicago and then John Barrymore took a version of that script the script went for 25 rewrites while being performed oh jeez because Gillette was a perfectionist sounds like it Doyle was just like just keep sending me the check all right Whitman is out Whitman is out so this one is a very famous one by Whitman it's called oh captain my captain oh yeah the classic I can I'm gonna stand up on my desk right now and 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 Say a salute to Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. This one, that's actually the reason why I fell in love with this poem. Mm-hmm. My dad loved this poem, and then I saw Dead Poet Society. There it is. And I love Robin Williams. So, Oh, Captain, my captain, our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we saw is won. The port is near. The bells I hear. All the people exulting. While fall eyes the steady kill. The vessel, the vessel grim and daring. Oh, but oh, heart, heart, heart. Oh, the bleeding drop of red where on the deck my captain lies fallen cold and dead oh captain my captain rise up and hear the bells rise up for you the flag is flung for you the bugle trills for you bouquets and ribbon briefs for you the shore, uh, shores a crowding for you they call the swaying mask their ears face turning here captain dear father this arm beneath your head it is some dream on that deck you have fallen cold and dead my captain does not answer. His lips are pale and still. My father doesn't feel my arms. He has no pulse or will. The ship is anchored safe and sound. Its voyage close and done. And from the fearful trip, the victor ship comes in with object one. Exalt those shores and ring, O bells. For you, for I with mournful tread, walk the, captain, walk the deck, my captain lies, falling cold and dead. Hmm. And you wrote that about the death of Abraham Lincoln. Powerful. So I found the quote because as soon as we started talking about the movie, and so we're gonna we're gonna close out to break with this, uh, the quote from the movie Dead Poet Society: Medicine, law, business, engineering—these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love—these are what we stay alive for.
wait for the ABBA rail. I'll wait for the ABBA rail. It's okay. Are we rolling? <laughs> Are you ready? If you're ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready that you're ready? <laughs> I think we're ready. Are you ready being ready? I, I guess so. I'm ready of getting ready, getting ready to be right. ready. Quiet on the set, please. Okay. Take 17. <laughs> Mark 43. Hike. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, although I'm not entirely certain we are. <laughs> <laughs> something's telling me, something's niggling in the back of my head saying, uh, You didn't realize that we had a group therapy session during this Wow, that this did happen. Break. That, that did really happen. did happen. Yeah, Ann and I both had meltdowns. And yep, and, and you just have to go and be like my shirt. What is it? More Yoda. When, when your when your song, song comes, comes on, on and Baby Yoda's like all zen and, and stuff, that's good. Yep. Hey, I'm in. I just finished the third episode of The Mandalorian. I still can't believe you got that tattooed on you without even seeing a single episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm committed. You no, must really I should been be committed. committed. <laughs> no. So my friend, my friend uh, Shauna got Gizmo tattooed uh, on her, uh-huh. and I was looking at the picture and I showed it to a friend of mine at work. She goes, "That's a really fuzzy baby Yoda." And I literally <laughs> looked at her. I'm like, "Get out no. of my office!" <laughs> I was like, "Get out of my office." Excuse me, had you on there? So yes, so I'm. In, I'm it's in. really cute. I like oh the baby sounds. Yeah. Spit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think we Mando should, should be lot. like Father of the Year. Mando? Seriously, yeah. Mando, <gasps> Mando's Dad of the Year, absolutely. It could be our new catchphrase. Spit that out. Where <laughs> 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 the connotations that could oh, be no. in? <laughs> no, no. Can't chicken do it. Nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. I, no, chicken nuggets. Well, yeah, no, they, don't, they never do chicken nuggets. No, no it was just it's all kind of came out of it. It's yeah. a meme thing. It's like, uh, but now you'll actually understand most of the memes. Licky. Yeah. Yeah. A licky, licky, a licky, sticky. sticky. Everybody just became children <laughs> over the, the past few months. <laughs> all right. So we already were there. I know, dude. It was <laughs> we not that long. That was not that long of a trip. No, it wasn't. It was a short drive. But hey, I can go. Hey, Anne, do we have events coming up? I do. I do. I have. That's um, so cool. I'm have? so glad to pawn that off on you because I don't remember half of them. Well, you just missed a game night on March 4th, so we'll be having one coming up soon. Yes. So check the calendars. Yes. Yes. And then we have FLXCon, Finger Lakes Radio Group Con at uh, Quality Inn of Waterloo, April 18th from 10 until 5. Adults are 10 bucks, children 11 and up. I can't read this. Or seven bucks. Or seven bucks. No, 11 and under are free and kids 12 to 17 or seven. When well, the kids are free with a paid admission. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some cool things going on. We have some cosplayers that have already signed up to be there. We have Michael Kosky and Gregory French. The shenanigators. You know, we're Their contracts are in. So yes, yes, we can actually say that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's official. Their contracts I can't wait to are see in. Them. I love those guys so much. They're awesome. We can. They're, you know, again, another season of The Walking Dead. They're in Guardian. Well. Uh, Michael was in uh, Guardians Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy 2. There's been a lot of stuff. Plus, you know, the originals. He was in uh, Captain America Civil Civil War. I -hmm. I just love the stories that you guys have from when he came, when he was here. Greg promised that he would not um, Uber to your house? Uber to my house. I said that would be an awfully <laughs> long, expensive Uber, Uber trip. Yeah. They're a little farther away now. Yeah. 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 We figured it was a little safer to have them a little farther <laughs> away. <laughs> that has to be the all-time best behind-the-scenes picture ever. We were it's talking Michael, about... It's Michael, it's Greg... And Josh Herdman. And Josh Herdman from Harry Potter. And Josh is just kind of sitting there looking off in the distance like he's on an album cover going, why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) In front of Tanya's house. In front of Tanya's house. And it's funny because we were just talking about that last (laughs) night. And my my husband's like, I am so sad that they didn't come ring the doorbell. I would have invited them in for drinks. Come on. I would have hung out with them. I didn't realize that they were here. I'm like, yeah. And I was at the Blue Cross Arena. Favorite behind no, the scenes, um, FC3 the behind the scenes picture Center. ever. See, I would have been, I would have been the person, I would have been the person if I was one of them. They would knock on the door, and I would have been like, "Hi, is Tanya home? Can she play? Yeah. Can Tanya come out? <laughs> Can and Tanya play? come out and play? <laughs> we do need, we do need to get a whole collection going of the behind the scenes things that happen yeah. because there's so much stuff that we could, we could have an entire series of behind the scenes of FC3. Ooh. We have five years of it now. Yeah, there's some we good ones. Josh Herdman was one of my favorite. He did some really funky stuff, and nobody knew who he was until we went up and said, "That's Coyle from Harry Potter." 
and they'd be like, <gasps> oh my god! I mean, did not the British accent give it away? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, because there's a lot of actors now with British accents. So, in in just the other stuff, it's like Austin St. John getting a hold of our walkies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like like just t- telling of all the behind the scenes stories and telling, stories the, and, and telling and the dirty jokes with the Scottish accent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should definitely do um, a w- S- security trips. breach in the green room. It's Sec- morphin time. <laughs> and and here comes Tim Newton from the from the convention center comes flying, flying in. in. What what's going on? He saw the, he saw almost laughing around the table. He's like, I hate you all. Tim, we love you. We really do love and this you. Is, we I love you. If, but we I love brought, him. if we ever brought us and St. John back in, the first thing I would do is give him a walkie-talkie and just say, here, just go. <laughs> just go play. Let me tell you, some of the some of the conversations over the walkie-talkie alone, there should be a thread on the Facebook group called no. Things Overheard at the Con. Because <laughs> we actually had that with one of the conventions uh, I went to Captain called Scapegoat. Gather. Yeah. And we did Captain a- Scapegoat. <laughs> and that was actually used. Yes. That was actually used. We did I, have a Captain Scapegoat on it. Yes. A, on a minicon. It yes. wasn't the regular con. Yes. This. No. Was this before me? I think no, this was before it was me. Um, in front of City Trends about the... We'll talk about okay. it yeah. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now she knows. I got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. So, okay. Yes. Oh, we also have more events coming. Yes, Anybody we else do. want to know? We have I'd an love actual Flower City Comic Con. Number five. May 30th and 31st at TSE in Gates. We have a lot that's going to happen. A lot going on. We always Great have a game lot going area. on. We are taking suggestions for video gaming tournaments. So, um, you know. And gaming tournaments. Yes, and regular gaming tournaments. I would love to see a whole magic thing going yeah, on and absolutely anybody Yu-Gi-Oh? wants to host one or Yu-Gi-Oh! please la- message us on facebook that's it war machine warhammer warhammer um, war, th- th- no there's also war machine is uh, another Necromunda. one Necromunda. that's a good one yeah oh monopoly, so, uh, monopoly. oh god <laughs> that's that's, that's can, a we use one. The, can we use the longest game ever <laughs> they uh, do have a box called the longest game ever dan jesus yes the um all the applications are open, right? Including yes. the volunteer one? Yes. Okay. <gasps> volunteer. We need so, volunteers. So start signing up to be a volunteer, please. So you, get yes. to, you get to hang with us. Yes. Oh, the best part is if you volunteer this year, in two years, you could be the vice president. <laughs> 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 and you get me as a PA. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bonuses just keep on coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I want my job back now. <laughs> <laughs> also coming up this week, uh, not this week, but on March 16th, if anyone's a Sherlock Holmes fan, yes, there is the Sherlock Holmes group in Rochester called Rochester Row. We are meeting at uh, Pittsford Barnes & Noble. It starts at 7 o'clock, and we are discussing the Musgrave ritual story. Okay. Um, we're also going to be talking about some upcoming stuff also um, at the Shaw Festival. They're actually putting on a Sherlock Holmes play. Not the Sherlock Holmes play. Not the one you were discussing not earlier. Not the one we were discussing earlier, but they're putting on another one, it's, and they did a great job with Hounds of Baskerville, so I'm looking forward cool. to seeing this one. And uh, we got to get your fellas on the podcast someday. Soon. Oh yes, that would be fun. They That'd would love that. And, I'm sure that. And Anne's Girl Scouts have to get on too. When yeah, is that, is that coming the 29th? up soon? That's coming up soon, isn't Not it? The, fifth, the Girl Scouts it was invade. To be the 15th. No, it's the March 29th, and um, I might have to. Um, we might have to do Reschedule. it a little bit earlier. Okay. Because I'm going to see Beauty and the Beast <gasps> at Churchville Chile. They're How doing dare you talk about Tanya production. and Chrissy like that? <laughs> We're both beauties. Yeah, so I know. Seriously, yeah. too. Where's the beast in this one? And I bought, at the other end of the table. Beauty. Oh, okay. <laughs> I bought 10 tickets, and I have to tell I'm you not that as this, hairy this, anymore this, I've seen the practices so far, and mm-hmm. I'm looking really, really excited to see it. But Good deal. Yeah. All right. So uh, and don't forget, there's also um, an event coming up on May 2nd, where Tanya will be tan dancing at Aquinas again. <gasps> is it May 2nd? Uh, it is May 2nd. Uh, is it Aquinas, or is it Theater on the Ridge? Aquinas no. will be the benefit. Theater on the Ridge will be the recital, and that's in June. Oh, okay. Yeah, they haven't announced what their benefit's for this year, but I'm kind of excited, because Tanya's tap dancing Oh, again. my God. <laughs> Listen, bitch. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> no, because she's Whoa. not dancing this year, and our dance instructor's Killing us. Well, it's because the advanced tappers it's are right, right before, before us. <laughs> the advanced tap class is going on right before us. The teenagers that are like stick figures and have energy at nine o'clock yeah. at night. And I would, I would love to say I would join tapping with you, but I have no energy for that. I can do shuffle stop, shuffle step, shuffle ball change, shuffle step type I thing. Love but then, change. like when they add all these other things and flap. a hop and a skip and a flap and a flip. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> da 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 da. To the pinks, don't um hustle, don't hustle me. And we are using the clean version because, because, the, because the explicit version, woo, man. Yeah. 
And that's why your mother thinks I'm surprised that they have not the used postmodern <laughs> jukebox at all for any of these. So th- it's more of a, it's a Motown theme this year. Oh, Ooh. nice. So. That'll be fun. That'd I don't know. Cool. All I know cool. is my kid has like seven costumes and we just bought point shoes. Ooh. Did you pick a question of the week? Was I supposed to? No, I didn't. I said <laughs> you did. I'm not saying you, you were supposed to. I'm saying, did you? I did not. It's yes or no question. <laughs> no. You say, no, good. I did. Okay. Just good. <laughs> Let's do our question. I realized as we were climbing up on that moment, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Question of the week. <gasps> I didn't pick one. Okay. So I looked up Flick. geeky questions of the day. Oh. Oh, are, boy. are you ready? Okay. Hey, we're Chrissy ready. Harding. Yes, Chris. What fictional healer or doctor would you most want treating your illness and why? <gasps> oh, God. Uh, actually, I would have to say Dr. Watson. Okay. Because he was a surgeon. Yes. He's actually extremely smart, despite what they show you in the TV shows. He was actually almost as smart as Holmes. The, the, well, here's the thing. is The early versions had Watson as kind of like the bumbling well, sidekick. The reason, the reason but in they, recent variations. Well, no. If you actually read the original stories, uh-huh. he's as smart as Holmes. Yeah. He just isn't as observant. Right. The reason why they did it was Nigel Bruce and um, Basil Rathbone just had that kind of comedic chemistry like yes. that. So you had Nigel Bruce who would just... Playing the bumbling... Just playing the bumbling fool. It's the, it's the, it's the funny guy and the straight man. If, if you look at the, you know, like Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock and uh, Martin Freeman's Watson. Martin Freeman can treat me any day of the week. Holy Moses, that is an awesome character right there. Mm-hmm. And Lucy Liu plays an amazing Watson too. I, I have caught a few episodes of Elementary. Is it still making that? Is no, that it actually did end. It did end. It ended? It ended. It didn't really get canceled. It ended. Okay. Which we're all still a little upset about. Hey, you know what? American TV needs to learn that lesson. Sometimes you have to stop. You know, so that you can tell oh, a yeah. different story. Well, the thing is that they did that with uh, A Good Place mm-hmm. and they're doing that with Lucifer. Good. So. Good. Because then you don't you don't overstay your welcome, as it were. Yeah, hey, like and, NCIS. Right. Who was on season, what, 27, episode 4,953? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And. Yes. What fictional healer or doctor would you most want treating your illness and why? Deanna Troy. Counselor? Yeah. Counselor Troy? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she's really technically, uh, you know, a doctor. She's a healer of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But therapist. she just had like this this total like chill about her. And she always had an answer to make you think about what was going on and and, mm-hmm. and, and like digesting it and okay. then understanding it more. Gotcha. Very cool. Even if she was wrong. Even if she's wrong. Mm-hmm. I like that. That works. Tanya. Oh, God. It's your turn. I know. There's da-da, so many doctors. Just so say the doctor. 13th. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, I Day ordered a 10 time. and a 13 <gasps> bear the other day. <gasps> I, ordered, I ordered both. And I didn't get through Build-A-Bear. I got it through the Whovian store because Build-A-Bear, Build-A-Bear is out of stock. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Whatever day you posted, what a surprise! Picture, it's already. I'm, I'm out certain of that was going to go out like an, in, um, a, in a flurry like that. It is such a hard, hard question. I definitely would not choose Fraser Kane. No, just listen to Kelsey Grammer talk. That would be a Dr. thing. Fraser Crane. No, um, I think the first mm. one was. Um, the Dr. Green from ER. Was it Doctor Green? What what was it? It was oh, Doctor Ross. Ross. Mm. The one was played by George Clooney. But <laughs> but I was thinking um from he's pediatrics though. Yeah, but he was That's also okay. a player. Uh-huh. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I was. Thi- I'd be your baby for you, George. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking uh, of um. The the duo from uh, Grey's Anatomy, McDreamy and uh, the other one, Steamy. The dreamy, um, dreamy oh, I can't remember. Patrick Dempsey's character and, and Eric. O- oh, I can't think of his last name. The, the actor. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his last McCormick? name. McCormick. No. no. Yes, maybe. Maybe. No, Eric McCormick. I thought he was on. No, Will Eric Grace. McCormick is Will and Grace. He's Will yeah. and Grace. Um, I just threw it out there because it was like the yeah. free word association. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the other name. Oh my god! But. It, it the, the two male doctors from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Okay, I'm so. surprised nobody has said like Hawkeye Pierce or anyone from you know Mash. What? I never watched Mash. Either did I. Love that show. That is an amazing show. I pl- I, I, I did get to play Hawkeye in in the play in the theater version. I would say I probably if I could not have Watson, I would probably do Sherman Potter. Okay, Sherman Potter would work. He would. Yeah. I also like Harry Morgan. I always liked liked him as an actor. Mm-hmm. I can tell you one I wouldn't want is Doctor Nick from The Simpsons. Well, there's oh, that. Hell no. <laughs> there's that. Walking um, lawsuit. Dan, do you have a vote in this one over there in the corner, manning the computers? I, I, Which healer or, or fictional healer or doctor would you like treating your illnesses? And I, I don't know because I can't think of any offhand except for like going to Star Trek or something. 
You oh, know where my oh, head is right I now. went to Dr. Star Trek too. Seriously. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman? <laughs> <laughs> I want somebody with an x-ray machine, please. <laughs> Bones. Yeah, that was good. I was, gonna, uh, I was either going to go Leonard McCoy. Or from, Carl from, Urban. Or Gates McFadden's uh, Beverly Crusher. Oh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The doctor from Voyager. The doctor from EMH. I think EMH. Because he was, that was a great character. Robert Picardo did a wonderful job with yeah, that character. Good. I love yep. that character. There's also Dr. Bashar from Dr. Bashar from yeah, Voyager. Yeah. Dr. Bashir, excuse Dr. me. Bashir, yeah. Dr. Bashir. I, I, okay, I'm Who changing my answer. I'm going to that one. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to Dr. Bashir. Julian from, Bashir? Uh, yeah, from, from Deep Space uh, Deep Nine. I always Space felt Nine. bad for him. Like, I'm changing he didn't my really answer. Get, like, that poor guy just had no luck on in, uh, until the later episodes of that show. That's he really true. didn't. I don't know. He was dating Lita for a little while, but anyway. So, so yeah, those that, that would be my vote would be like Dr. Crusher or Dr. McCoy. You know, because I know it'd be in good hands there. Mm-hmm. So. I like how most of us were just like, we want the one that's the most competent. <laughs> like, no one went for cute ones. We went for well, which ones? Hello? Dr. Crusher, come on. <laughs> no, but I mean, me, Redhead. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like, we're all like, yeah, because they'll know what they're doing. Then yes. We're like, oh, then mm-hmm. they're also kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like we've, we've, we've wrapped or what up. What about, a, was it? What? Uh, um, the scientist, Alice from, um, uh, uh, Dr. Marcus Dr. from the Le- Star Trek e- reboot, uh-huh. Alice Eve. Mm-hmm. She's more of a uh, engineer and a, and a physicist than a medical doctor. Although I, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see her take a crack at it. I'm good with it. <laughs> you you know? want her to examine you? <laughs> but uh, but no, I don't have a whole lot of faith in her medicine skills. To be honest, sorry to say. <laughs> I mean, as a, as a scientist, sure, no problem. But holy crap, no, no, that's not no, no not that. Anyway, <laughs> suddenly she blows my leg off instead of you know fixing it. Technically, that'd be considered fixing. <laughs> On that note, yeah. this has been another episode of Lucky business. business. You want me to get into it? You, me to do it? do you have the script? Come on, you. I want to hear you do it. <laughs> oh boy! I want it. But she did it last week. She's great. This has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you like a spider monkey, May 30th and 31st at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us wherever we go, and we will do what? Lead you where the entertainment is. Bingo. All you guys have a great week. We'll see you again soon. Take care. I forgot that part. Yeah, I forgot uh, that part. Often. I still love you. It's all good. Well, that's nice. Don't. <laughs>